Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to episode 409 of Geek Town Radio. We are back. It's a new year and a sort of new season for the show. And I have with me... To infinity and beyond! Matt, how are you doing? I'm very good, David. How are you? I'm doing okay. It's it's been a long break this year. (laughs) Because I was away. So it's taken a little bit longer than usual to to come back. But uh, we are now going to be back and uh, running the shows right through until I go on holiday again, I guess. But um, yeah, so happy new year. (laughs) (laughs) It's almost (laughs) the end of January. But um, it has been a while since we've uh, caught up. What have you been up to? Well, I uh, got caught up with the fourth, third season season of Harley Quinn uh, the 10 episodes which I think is the season finale it ended in a very sort of season finale kind of place I liked the season I think the from what I remember I think the last season is better but um, that's not to say that this one's particularly bad they made some interesting choices in the season but it was still the good show that I really really like and see I was gonna say because I used to say before it's the best thing that DC's got going at the moment, but there isn't actually a lot of things active on the plate for, for DC. Because <laughs> most I, of it's yeah, yeah, most of it's finished or cancelled. I mean, I've I finished up the uh, DC EU the other day as well, so that's literally like no longer existing anymore, or whatever. But uh, still, one of my favourite DC things in, in in a while, at least anyway. So I I, I quite enjoyed that, mm-hmm. and I'd be curious to see where they go from where they finished up this season as well. I, I was just remembering as well when the tenth because I because I thought I was really really far behind. Apparently, I wasn't that far behind <laughs> because I was trying to catch up with other stuff and that about where the Valentine's episode is. Yes, rather than putting it at the start of the season, which would have been the obvious thing to do, they decided to stick it at the end of the season for reasons um yeah, it doesn't so, like that before but yeah yeah, yeah. no i mean the the, the notorious um batwoman thing when it comes to to uh, <laughs> e4 where they, mm. they aired it out of order so the special i think went out on the 29th of december oh wow okay so yeah presumably it's up on channel 4 website but yeah i just sort of let the episodes play one after the other so um yeah so it ended up getting tagged onto the end yeah no still really good show uh bane is still really funny in that i liked his sort of uh not his special episode but there's an episode where he gets a lot more screen time i thought that was yes where he he, the one where he goes (laughs) To ends up kind of going and making pasta, which I mean, yeah, that was, that's <laughs> entirely funny. random, but very, very funny. Yeah, and they make it seem 
taking like really deadly serious and everything yes. but in a spoofy sort of way uh, so that was that was great um I, was, I can't remember if I've said this or where I've said this. I speak on a lot of things. Of course, they got. I think they've still got the Kite Man spinoff happening. If if they were to announce a Bane spinoff TV yeah. show, that that would be really, really quite excellent. So uh, anyway, what did you think of the recent season? I've still got some episodes to go actually, because yeah, with me being away, I've all the stuff that I kind of regularly watch because I was in America, so I, I hadn't had chance to catch up on everything properly. Uh, so that's on my list of things that I need to go and um, catch up with but I have been enjoying it quite a lot it's just such a fun show Kaylee Kwaku's fantastic as Harley in that and uh, I like the fact that they it, it's not like a lot of animated series which just sort of resets every single time back to the same sort of setup they've altered the setup with every single season so you know you had the her and a sort of bunch of cronies with the first season and then they've advanced and changed with each season moving forward so you know the latest one you've got ivy running the legion of doom and harley working with the bat family so i like the fact that they take a different angle with every single one which is really fun and Mm -hmm. um, you know keeps the series fresh and slightly different and yeah uh i believe the kite man series is still an ongoing thing i don't think it's been released yet Hmm. so the ultimate question is does james gunn want that sarah well with the animated stuff yeah with the animated stuff he's been quite happy to leave it as else world's things i mean there was there was a report out confirmed by james gunn on his uh threads feed because uh he doesn't use twitter as much as he used to but he's he's on sort of threads and blue sky and tends to respond to people on there somebody asked the question about the jj abraham superman movie yeah, uh, yeah whether that's still happening and apparently it is still in development even though they are you know it won't be part of the new dcu it's in development as an elseworlds thing in the same way that the batman universe is a sort of yeah, separate yeah. universe there is that jj movie is still sort of there i don't know exactly what they're going to do for that superman film i know they were talking about making it the black superman which there is in the comics as well there's a uh kelvin i think he's called he's that's pres- right yeah, yeah. Um, president of in his universe it's superman is president and mm. i mean it's an interesting character to bring in because he works in the comic books quite a lot in the multiverse he sort of runs a a justice league that is protecting the multiverse sort of thing Hmm. so there are interesting things you could do with that as a as yeah. a possibility, uh, but apparently that film's still in development as well. So I mean, he's th- that's been the thing. Although he is developing this new sort of universe, there are these little offshoot projects like the Joker movies and like the Batman universe and and like Harley Quinn and you know the other animated things. A lot of them are all sort of separate from the main DCU. But he's perfectly happy to let these things continue to rumble on. So uh, we'll see. I, I think it would be crazy to d- cancel the Harley Quinn series whilst they still want to do it because it is extremely popular and very funny so you know Mm, 
Yeah, definitely. Next thing is uh, through heavy recommendation from my sister uh, through a <laughs> few different uh, conversations. Yeah, she's been recommending I watch One Piece and I kept saying to her that I was trying to get a few other things watched first, which I went and did. Things like Sex uh, Education Season 4, which mm-hmm. was brilliant. Uh, watched two episodes yesterday of One Piece. I knew a couple of things about it, but I didn't know a lot. Obviously, I was just relying on the show to tell me what's going on. Basically, there's this guy called is it Luffy, I think is his name. Yeah, Luffy or Luffy, I think. And he wants to be King of the Pirates, which he says quite a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's this guy who I think is the King of the Pirates. He commits a crime and he gets publicly executed. But before he dies, he says, hey, I've got this treasure. And obviously, you know, if the King of the Pirates or whatever says I've got this treasure, everyone's going to get interested. And he does it as this last sort of like, hey, I'm, I know I'm going to be executed. You lot go and you know get this one piece thing that's why it's called that which i also didn't i also didn't know that either and there's these fruits i think that people can eat sometimes by accident sometimes not which gives them different abilities and some of which are quite sort of interesting i won't get into spoilers or whatever the main guy we have here luffy uh he can stretch essentially um he's either his skin's rubber or he's made out of rubber or it's something like that Anyway, all that aside, um, I found it to be very fun and a lot of energy, which Mm -hmm. is really nice as well. A couple of little sort of political kind of movements going on between different characters. There's like a father and son thing of this other character. There's this sort of mysterious guy who's got a couple of swords and he's very confident at fighting lots of people, but he should be because he's really good. And essentially, they kind of slowly but surely and somewhat accidentally (laughs) uh, form this little sort of pirate group. I don't think it's fully assembled yet because there's like quite a few characters, but obviously it's early doors. And they get this, go to get this safe from this guy and all that kind of thing. It's basically just sort of like fun pirate adventures. I thought it was quite good. Not to be taken, you know, majorly seriously. It's a good good sort of fun time. Um, I've never actually myself personally seen the the anime. Obviously, I'm aware of it and that sort of stuff. And I've seen bits in places but I've never seen the episodes which is weird so I watched episode one came off went back on Netflix later watched episode two of course Netflix goes hey here's the anime for you I was like <laughs> oh cool I'll, I'll, I'll just I won't watch that yet but I'll sort of like check the information and there's just three random episodes in the thousands <laughs> that are in there it says like episode 1012 and I'm like I can't start I can't start there what are you doing um, but yeah just three sort of random episodes in the middle of the show's existence uh, which was on there so that was nice I suppose um, but now I'm going to continue watching it I'm interested to see where this guy's story goes and stuff but yeah I thought it was good fun it'll be interesting to see I was I was thinking of something while watching this yesterday obviously they've got the Avatar thing coming up as well okay Stranger Things is your big thing you've got rid of a lot of shows we know all that kind of stuff right so what what's going to be kind of your next big thing and I get that now and again Netflix has these random shows that come out of nowhere and blow up and people watch them and you know mm-hmm. those sorts of things like there was the Michelle Keegan thing the other week which a lot of people were watching kind of yeah out of nowhere I wonder if because a lot of people seem to be very happy with the Avatar trailer again I've not got any personal thing within that and people seem to like One Piece so if you because they tried to do the other one one of the other ones before which Uh, Cowboy Bebop it yeah, was, a lot yeah. of people said that that wasn't very Terrible. good. Yes, I wonder if now you've maybe got a handle on it, and now you could lean into that a bit more because anime stuff is really, really, really popular. And I wonder if they could do something again. And none of these are their things; they're all licensing and adapting them. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if that could be one of their next things that they get into. 
what do you think of One Piece? I've only seen a little bit of it. I've not seen the whole thing. It's another one that's on my list of things to go and watch because the reviews of it have been incredibly positive. Yeah. Um, the fans seem to have embraced it. And, you know, when it comes to anime fans, you really have to nail it and get it right. Mm-hmm. Um, that seems to have gone down very well. They have ordered a second season of it. So that's good because, uh, I mean, they've tried a couple of times with anime series to try and get it right in live action and I mean Cowboy Bebop was the one which sort of went down like a lead balloon and they did a live action version of Death Note as well which didn't go down well so there's been a few that they've tried the Avatar stuff not related to James Cameron thing this is Avatar The Last (laughs) Airbender um, which they're hoping can rinse out the taste of the movie which was done ages ago because that was apparently appalling they're hoping that the live action series will be much better and I I think the live action series was developed with the guy that actually came up with the comic book in the first place so I I think they are learning it's taken them a while (laughs) but, but they're learning how to do this stuff and this seems to have gone down incredibly well so i do want to go and look at it because a lot of people have told me it is incredibly fun so i saw a few clips and bits and pieces of it but i haven't actually gone and sat and watched it yet nice Uh, my last bit uh, saving the best bit for last um i watched a film called missing which i meant to watch a long time ago but didn't for various reasons this is the not the sequel but kind of the follow-up to searching which came out in i want to say about 2018 or something so essentially the concept of these is they are kind of found footage films but this is this is less sort of like someone walks around with a camera and more someone investigating something on a laptop and the rules that the these two films searching and missing have to follow is you don't film like normal footage it has to be like screen capture from something it can be something like someone takes a video call session from Mm. their laptop to their phone and takes that with them somewhere because you're still using the phone as a camera kind of thing if you know what I mean so it uses that concept again it's really incredible this second film I don't know if I'd say it's better or worse than the the, the other one but they're both very very good uh, the idea this time is uh, there's this young daughter played by um, Riley from uh, Last of Us she was in the Left is Behind it, episode um, Storm Reed. yes that's her name yeah played by her who was in the Last of Us Left Behind episode her mum goes off with this new guy on holiday seems all quite simple and straightforward and I'll love how these films just build up from oh this simple thing is just happening this person's going somewhere or whatever and they're going to go on holiday or whatever everything seems perfectly normal she's been you know left with money and that kind of stuff and gets told hey don't throw parties and you know don't get into trouble that kind of thing (laughs) yeah she gets a reminder i think it's like three or four days later it's like a holiday weekend thing or something and she has to go to the airport after obviously they're supposed to come back to pick her mum up and her mum doesn't show up and then that's where the first kind of early twisting turning point goes because then it's okay where's where's my mum where's she gone and then that opens up the door of a very eventful sequence of events full of twists and turns and things there's a couple of little points in this film that kind of I'm not quite sure if that would work kind of thing but they were they were kind of small and it, it didn't affect the overall kind of film itself this is one of them films that will sort of the way it will reveal oh you thought this character was this thing but this character is involved with this thing and it will give you this just really spine chilling sort of type of reveals of like oh that person's doing that which means that they're involved in this which means there's a deeper thing and the way this story goes in terms of a sort of conspiracy sense of like okay what was my mum really involved in and those kinds of things Mm -hmm. 
is really quite incredible the way that they pull it off and it's a, it's different enough from the first film and that kind of thing i mean it's different characters and all that so really really quite excellent and i was watching some of you probably have heard of him chris stuckman he's a well-known youtuber and, and he said about like the craft of these films and how long they take and you really can't get many details wrong and the, the restrictions that the director has because it's like okay the character can't suddenly just like walk into a different room and have a director follow them it has to be screen capture type right, stuff yeah, and, yeah. and all that um it's really really well crafted and put together so it was it was brilliant i hope we get another one but it'll probably take another four or five years or something <laughs> just absolutely outstanding have you seen any of those uh films or anything i haven't no they are an interesting one um yeah. do you want to go and check them out i know you can find missing it's on sky cinema and now. i bought it on apple okay so. and now as well yeah. i think if you've got a cinema subscription but yeah i mean you can buy it an apple sky store you know google YouTube, yeah vod all the yeah. usual VOD places. I will go and uh, look that up because, as I say, I think it's on the Sky Cinema thing, so uh, I should have access to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Cool. That's what I've been up to, David. How about you? Well, since you mentioned it, actually, we'll start off with Fool Me Once, which is the latest Harlan Coben adaptation on Netflix. Uh, I did wonder whether he'd jump ship because his previous show was actually on Prime Video, but Fool Me Once has been such a massive success for Netflix they've actually ordered two more adaptations of his books <laughs> so uh, it's um, Danny Brocklehurst is the person behind all the Netflix adaptations who probably best known these days for doing Brassic but I mean he's he's done a million other things and uh, yeah he's been doing all of these I think he even did the original one which was called The Five which was done for Sky I think he actually did that one as well I find Harlan Coben stuff really interesting because all the novels are set in America but all the TV shows are set in the UK. <laughs> they, they transpose them all into the UK. For some reason, it just works. I don't know why that is, but yeah, that's that's what they did for all of them. But uh, for me once, a really big twisty, turny kind of show. Michelle Keegan in the lead role. She's a wife whose husband is murdered in front of her by being shot. Then a few days later, she's got a young daughter. She's looking the, at the footage on the nanny cam and sees her husband playing with the daughter whilst she was out of the house. So that then sets off this whole thing of is he alive, is he dead, and all that sort of stuff. But there are other things going on there as well. It's really, really good. I mean, it is brilliantly acted. It's got some lovely twists and turns in it. You're never quite sure who's the good guy and who's the bad guy and all that sort of stuff. You've got Joanna Lumney in there playing the mother-in-law and really scenery-chewing in places, but uh, he's a wonderfully kind of acerbic character that she plays there and and Dil Akhtar as well who you'll know from things like he was in Sweet Tooth he was in the Utopia series and Murdered by My Father as well he plays the uh, police officer in it so it's a really good cast it does have Richard Armitage playing the husband but obviously I can't really reveal how much he is actually in it because of the fact that you know that's the whole part of the story it's a really really good group of people it's another really good adaptation of the Holland Coben stuff I mean I think this is the fourth or fifth they've done for Netflix. They've got two more adaptations incoming on based on two more books. And they're great things for Netflix because there is connective tissue because it's the same author that's done all the books and it's the same people behind it. But they're all one-off self-contained stories of six to ten episodes. So for Netflix, it's fantastic because it's not something they have to cancel. Yeah. <laughs> 
it's good, good, lastable quality content that they don't have to renew. You know, they don't have to make a decision on because it's all self-contained. So I don't know whether you've come across any of these. There's things like Safe was one. Oh, right. I think I heard of that one. No, I haven't actually gone into this myself, but it was that kind of thing of browsing Twitter and whatever and heard, oh my God, have you seen such and such show? And I was like, okay, I kind of, I've, I've come across that. And then another person and then another person. Yeah. And it, it kind of just goes from there. It, it's strange how Netflix can sort of because I don't think any other streaming service sort of has that where one person will, well not one person, but a, a few people will very randomly find this thing that is suddenly on there. And then like word of mouth happens and, you know, people kind of jump onto some stuff. I mean, I know word of mouth's a normal thing anyway. I've like, hey, gone into work and oh, did you see this thing? And yeah, et cetera. But um, I know it happens more with Netflix than anything else because I don't remember, I mean, may have mentioned it on Geek Town earlier or something like that, but... I remember it was one of like their splash screen things and I noticed I think Michelle Keegan's like face was the first sort of one there and I was mm-hmm. like oh she's in something new that's that's cool I watched the trailer and it was quite good and then of course I clicked it off and went about with my day because that's what we do <laughs> we read about stuff and watch trailers and then never watch things so yeah it seems good so yeah the Harlan Coben ones they're on Netflix The Stranger Stay Close For Me Once um, and then they've done uh, they've picked up Missing You and run away and the other two books that they're now adapting as well mm. so they've been a good set if for some reason this particular one for me once seems to have really captured the imagination i don't know whether it was the timing of the release of it or why this particular one suddenly landed for people i don't know it may have been michelle keegan being the lead in it and you know she's coming off the back yeah of she's Black popular Rising. over here isn't she? yeah she's so. hugely popular and she's been in a number of bbc shows as well so i i, I don't know mm. I, I don't know why this one particularly hit but they've all been really good i mean if if you liked for me once and haven't watched the others go watch the others because they're all of a similar quality and got great gas in so uh, worth going to check those out nice other things i watched fire country which is a show we've been waiting for for a while it's uh from seal teams max theorot it was one that he developed based on his sort of childhood experiences of growing up in what they call fire country which is well most of california really uh <laughs> during during sort of particularly during the summer months, uh, where things randomly just set ablaze if you kind of so much as wave a light anywhere near them. The setup for this is a firefighter drama. Uh, He's playing a young convict and he's seeking redemption and a shorter prison sentence. And they have a convict firefighting program. So they enroll convicts that they think can be sort of trusted to go out and help fight fires. So yeah, that's the pretty much the basic setup of it. It's already got a second season incoming and they've got a spin-off in the works, which is going to be starring Marina Baccarin from Deadpool and Firefly and Gotham and all those things. Oh, as right. the yeah. sheriff. Yeah. So they're obviously planning on spanning this out into sort of a bit more of a franchise kind of thing. So she she will be a sheriff. So that'll be a police thing rather than a fire thing. So, you know, it's another kind of thing that they're looking to turn into a franchise by the looks of things. I have to say the opening episode of it, I enjoyed it. It is a bit clunky, particularly the dialogue is a bit basil exposition in places. It's a bit ham-fisted and a bit heavy-handed. It's enjoyable enough, though, and uh, I, I find Max there a really interesting character on screen. Some of the people around him, it's got Billy Burke in there, who's popped up in a million other things. He's really good. I think he was... Billy Burke plays the opposing firehouse captain in Lone Star, the one that Rob Lowe has an issue with. Oh, yeah. Him. Yeah. Um, so uh, 
he's got some experience of playing firefighters and he ends up in this and he's, he's sort of the, the head of the local firehouse. It was an interesting start. I've only seen one episode and I don't really want to judge it just on the pilot. And obviously they're off- offloading a lot of information in that pilot about who everybody is and what the relationships are in that. Ends in quite an interesting place. Like I say, it's a little bit clunky, that opening episode in just how they deliver some stuff. But I think it has some potential. So I will keep watching it and see. I don't watch that many of these sorts of things, but that I, I was kind of interested in. So uh, that's uh, going out Wednesdays on Sky Witness or Beyond Now as well, if you want to check that one out. Echo, of course, came out while we were off the Disney series. I mean, it was fine, I thought. Um, it did feel like a movie stretched over six episodes to me. And it's in that tricky position of not really being big enough for a movie which you could have released theatrically because I don't think the character could carry it. But I think you could have made a movie for Disney Plus and got the same information across. It didn't really grab me all that much i found some of it kind of entertaining but i take it you've seen this yeah i thoroughly enjoyed it i did have a couple of issues with it and stuff but i thought it was a really really good series i really liked obviously kingpin's involvement the little bits of daredevil that we got i liked exploring kind of like her family and stuff and kind of the whole thing that's going on there i won't get into spoilers but that was really quite fun. I thought the violence of it was interesting. I think Disney kind of knows they're going to, because of some of the other characters you haven't quite brought in yet, you're going to have to do PG-13 slash R-rated for a couple of things. And mm-hmm. I think that's a smart step yes. for, uh, for Disney to do. Not just because, oh, violence is cool or whatever, but like, because obviously uh, MCU has been PG or whatever for since it started. But I think it's interesting for them to try to experiment with this stuff. And it's not like the most gory thing you've ever seen. It's no. just more mature. Yeah. Um, and it's got like some darker tones and stuff. But the thing is, if they do want to get back into to the sort of Daredevil, Punisher, Echo sort of, you know, Netflix gritty area, you're going to kind of have to do this. Because if, if you did do the, the Daredevil show all this or, if you do bring back Punisher or you know that, those kinds of things and you've got Kingpin in there I think if you keep it too family friendly too sort of MCU yeah. family friendly it's going to hold it back and I think people would notice and would feel that mm-hmm. so that was I think that was a very very smart choice and if they do basically that for the Daredevil show which that's got a lot going for it at the moment I think they're doing some very smart stuff it kind of feels like okay Bob um, which one was it Chapek came in he wanted to kind of like flood the market with Marvel stuff and as much as I enjoyed like of it there was too much of it at one point and like Kevin Feige kind of lost his grip on it because he was not not because of his fault but because of the things that changed and then Iger was sort of like oh I guess I'm gonna have to come out of retirement and sort of save the day (laughs) and then since he's come back in it's sort of like no we're gonna we're not gonna really cancel anything but we're really gonna slow stuff down and spread things out a bit more because there's only one MCU film this year obviously there's the other there's the other Marvel Sony stuff but whatever so I think doing that and kind of getting a bit of a grip back on things getting Daredevil back in sorting that show out from what it was gonna be and having Echo be kind of in the mix as well that the sort of street level stuff I think is gonna be quite 
quite smart. That aside, no, I, I thoroughly enjoy. I, I get what you kind of mean about doing it maybe as a film, but it was so short and sweet anyway. Because mm-hmm. some of the episodes are sort of thirty-five minutes, or they're really really short, or like there's only there's only five of them, and they're, they're really really short. So I, I get what you mean, but yeah, I think it's I think it's short enough anyway. So yeah, maybe. I mean, there are good things in it. Certainly, it didn't quite grab me as much as some of the other shows have. The character, I think, having her using echoes of her past and, you know, that sort of where the echo thing comes from, I think is is an interesting concept. And, you know, she's also a deaf character, which is nice to see and handled very well the way that they sort of do that. And the fact that they're doing a superhero film where, you know, an awful lot of it is has to be subtitled as well, <laughs> because, you know, there's very little actual dialogue um, mm. across it. There's some very interesting technology used in that show as well. Yeah. Which I've never seen anywhere before. And that made me curious to know what's going on in the real world with like what we're doing with sign language and stuff because yeah. I've, I've, ne- I've never seen that before yeah. um, one thing I really like as well and they do this in the Coda film which is on Apple the kind of muffled audio yeah. deaf person effect I love that in certain stuff but it isn't in a lot of things so I think we could try and do that more it, it just I don't know it's got this effect which I think is quite cool so. yeah there were some interesting things going on with it in terms of the maturity rating it's interesting where that landed because it, it isn't any we're near up to the grittiness of Daredevil Netflix series. I don't think it quite pushed that far. And I would argue it's probably British ratings. It's not really an 18. It's maybe a 15, possibly a 12. You know, I mean, it's it's kind of, there is, is violence in there and it's more than you maybe would see in a normal Marvel thing, but I don't think it pushed mm. way further. It was a good test, I thought. Yeah. And I kind of feel that particularly if they do a Punisher series, you would have to go further than what they did with that. Yeah, well, yeah. It's an interesting sort of toe in the water, I think, into it, that sort of stuff. It's so, it's so funny how, like, it's got that deep sort of mature rating set your thing to whatever for, for Echo and the kind of sort of thing and it's like watch Echo on Disney Plus and it's it's funny how we've got to a point where like you can go and watch the ABC thing with Mickey Mouse and then you can watch Echo and the Walking Dead on Disney Plus <laughs> and we've got to, like we've got such a yeah, like, yeah. You, can learn, you can learn the alphabet with Mickey Mouse or you can like watch Alien Zombies. or something like yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it, it, it is kind of strange mm. one of the other positives to come out of it is the daughter of Friends in America America had seen the series she's 12 or something uh so dubious as to whether she should have been necessarily been watching anyway but uh you know she was watching with her dad so it's fine she came out and said i really want to learn american sign language which is hmm. what they use nice. on there so you know if it's helping getting people interested in learning sign language that's no bad thing either on to other street level shows uh reach a season two finished which i really really enjoyed have you watched that one yet no and everyone keeps telling me to to go and do that but it happens with a lot of shows and yeah but I, I do really want to go and watch it it's yeah. just you know pressing play I suppose yes Reacher season 2 I thought was fantastic um, I keep seeing gifts of him kicking cars <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well. I mean I'm sure he grown in size from the first one to the second one because I mean I could be wrong about that but 
I thought the second season was great. It's him with his old army buddies, basically, because one of them gets knocked off and he ends up having to get his old, old team back together, which isn't the usual MO for Reacher stuff because he tends to be sort of solo and it tends to be people that are around him. There's like one or two recurring characters, but that's usually it. Really enjoyed the second season. It's already been renewed for a third season, which is currently filming in Toronto. They've announced as well that that will be based on the seventh book in the series called Persuader, which is where Reacher witnesses a brutal kidnap attempt and takes the law into his own hands. He must go undercover to rescue an informant held by a haunting foe from his past. I think that's kind of interesting. What What's really intriguing is the fact that they, they're not doing any of the books in order. They're jumping around quite a lot. They started with book one and then the season two was book 11 and then season three is going to be book seven. <laughs> so um, given that the whole thing with Reacher is he's basically a wanderer and he wanders into a town and that's where the story starts. There's no real need to put them back to back to back and do them in order. So, you know, you can basically do them in any order you like. So I I think whatever works as a TV adaptation, but they've been doing a stunning job with that. If you like the things like Jack Ryan, which I know you do, I Mm -hmm. certainly think you should be looking at Reacher. I do like what Amazon's doing with espionage. They had Hannah, the three seasons, that was quite good. Jack Ryan, four seasons, this, they've got two of so far. So they're building that up quite nicely as well. Yeah, so. I think they've done well with sort of adaptations. I mean, they they have Bosch for years as well, which oh, is yeah, another yeah. sort of decent adaptation of a book series. Certainly Reacher is worth going to check out. So that's all the stuff I've been doing since we beat off. Let's move on to some TV and film news. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. So we kick off the TV and film news with the renewals, cancellations and pickups. First one isn't so much a cancellation because we kind of knew this already because she'd said it before, but uh, the flight attendant is not returning for a third season. Kaylee Kuoku, who exec produced on that as well as starring in it, had previously kind of indicated that, I mean, it was only designed as a limited series in the first place anyway. And then they came Mm. up with a story for a second season. So they made a second season and she'd already kind of intimated that they wouldn't do a third season. I mean, they may do one, but it wouldn't be for a while. And if they did, it would have to be something that makes sense and a story they could find for it. She's just said recently that they're not doing a third season. She loved playing the character. She's very proud of the two seasons that they've done, but they're not going to do a third, which I'm fine with because, I mean, I yeah, I loved yeah. the first two seasons of that. I thought it was brilliant. I thought she was great in it. Very, very enjoyable. She's now, of course, doing Based on a True Story, which is another brilliant series. And uh, I, I mean, it got mixed reviews in the US and I'm not entirely sure why because I really, really enjoyed it. And if you like The Flight Attendant, I think you'll like based on a true story. It's wonderfully dark and it has that same dark sort of humour to it. I don't think that's a huge shock, but yeah, it was a great show. Yeah, she's still also, of course, doing Harley Quinn and that. 
Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, if you come up with a limited series idea and then, hey, I've got an idea for a second one, it still works, but not quite as much. And then you don't have an idea for a third one. It's okay to leave these things alone. Yeah. Um, because the, the thing you don't want to do at the end of the day is like, quick, let's come up with an idea for a third one. And then it's bad. And, you know, yeah, it's like, I'm... oh, that show had two good seasons, but that third one kind of thing. Yeah. So that's absolutely fine. It's been off for a while anyway. I liked the first two seasons anyway, so that's fine. Yeah. So I'm not shocked by that at all. Schmigadoon has been cancelled by Apple after two seasons, which I think is a shame because it was such a wonderfully bonkers series. That that was the um, musical comedy where a couple are out backpacking and they end up in this town called Schmigadoon that is sort of this weird magical town. It's Keegan-Michael Key in the lead role and Celie Strong is the other lead. They're trapped there until they can fix their sort of relationship <laughs> and uh it's but it, it's very very funny uh they ran it for two seasons but uh they've decided it's not coming back for a third which is a shame because it's it's a nice off the wall apple show that one if you don't check that one out if apple cancels a show though there's usually a good reason because they don't do it very often yeah i mean it's usually the case of that or your show gets three seasons anyway but then it ends with a third season. I get the feeling that the seasons are kind of self-contained-ish with that. So I, I don't okay. know. That maybe I'm not sure. I, I'm not 100% on that, but it might still be worth watching without sort of worrying about it landing on a cliffhanger. Julia, the Max series, which runs on Sky over here, that's been cancelled after two seasons, so that won't be coming back. Minx, which runs, I think, on Paramount Plus over here, that that's been cancelled again after getting two seasons. Uh, it was reprieved, but it was somewhere else. And then Stars picked it up and reprieved it for a second season. And they've now cancelled it. So uh, that won't be coming back. Disney has cancelled American Born Chinese after one season, which is a real shame because I, I rather enjoyed that. It was a, a very different kind of off the wall comic book is that the Michelle Yeoh thing yeah, that was the Michelle no that's the Michelle Yeoh one oh, um, right. it's a shame that they're not bringing that back I can't say I'm overly surprised because I don't think there was as much hype around it as they hoped hmm. considering it had Michelle Yeoh in it and Zaki Huan in it and they were yeah, I mean it, she's it, a national treasure yeah so. and, and <laughs> it, it came out around just after sort of all the Oscar buzz so I think they were hoping for a bit more of a push on it unfortunately it didn't get it but um, it's a sort of variation on the kind of monkey king chinese legend story which has been done a million times a million different ways but i really rather enjoyed what they did with that that's gone after one season our flag means death they confirmed a couple of weeks ago that that has been cancelled by max after two seasons which i'm really really sad about because the first season of that was superb a second season is coming reasonably soon to uh, the bbc but that's a real real shame because it was such a wonderful show and really fun and really funny great group of people i've seen them at comic cons a number of times and they're always the cast always seems so lovely and very sad that that's going because i i rather enjoyed that wolfpack has been cancelled by paramount plus after one season that was the sort of spin-off not spin-off of teen wolf that they uh made so uh, and they they did a big song and dance about but i don't think it landed anywhere near as well as they hoped it did so that's gone 
And uh, they've confirmed the Good Doctor is going to end with its seventh season, which seven seasons, solid run. Yeah. It does seem to be coming to a proper conclusion as well, not cancelled. They are going to end it. It's one of those things, we're seeing this quite a lot, actually, that things coming to an end after seven seasons. And the reason for that tends to be that that's when the cast have to renegotiate their contracts. So it means if you're a relatively successful show, everything gets renegotiated and all the prices go up. And the problem with all the prices going up is it means it doesn't make the show from a business standpoint necessarily viable anymore, particularly if it's made by an outside studio, which this was because it's made for ABC by Sony. So that's why you're seeing a lot of things come to an end after seven seasons. It's a shame, but you know, you can't complain at a seven season run. I mean, that's that's a a good, pretty good going. And I think they are actually bringing it to a proper conclusion so uh so that's good in terms of renewals slow horses was i think one of the first things of the year to be renewed that's been picked up for a fifth season interestingly they only mention a fifth season and not a fifth and sixth because they've previously they've renewed them in batches of two so they can film them back to back they filmed or are filming the fourth season because we've had three seasons go out so they've renewed it for a fifth whether that means they're just slowing down the renewals or whether that's a sign that maybe they're only going to do five, I don't know. But I'm all up for having more slow horses. I don't know how many books there are in the series. I can't remember. I think it might have been seven or eight. So, I mean, they've got a limited amount of things that they can actually do anyway. But I love that show. It's so, so good. That's being renewed for a fifth season, which is great. So we've got a fourth season to come and then there'll be a fifth. Oh, was the fourth one not come out yet? No. The uh, okay. third one is the one that's just come out. Fourth one is either has already been shot or they're still filming it at the moment. But that will come out later this year. Nice. The Greg Davies comedy, The Cleaner, has been renewed for a third season on the BBC. That's that's a little comedy that seems to have slipped slightly under the radar. I don't see that many people talking about it, but when you mention it, people go, oh yeah, I really like that. It's a wonderfully odd series where he's a crime scene cleaner and meets these very, very strange people every time he goes to clean the crime scene. And hmm. uh, Greg Davies is eminently watchable. It's really fun. I haven't seen all of them. I've seen a few of the uh, first season of it, but uh, I really rather enjoyed it. I forget that it's on iPlayer and I need to go back and watch more of it because it is very, very fun. They're half-hour comedies. Uh, They have... It's basically Greg Davies goes to clean the crime scene, meets people while he's there who are either the owners of the house or, you know, the wherever it is that he's cleaning. And they they rope in guest stars for each of that. So they've had people like David Mitchell. They had um, Helen Bonham Carter, I think, did one of them. Um, they've got all sorts of wonderful kind of one-off people that come in and do it. So he's sort of the connective tissue between it. And uh, it, But it, it's a really fun series. So you can go check that out. It's on iPlayer, first two seasons up there and uh, Disney Plus has basically confirmed that Ahsoka is coming back for a second season they basically said that they're developing it at the moment so it's going to be back for a second season by the looks of things which I don't think is a huge shock it'd be interesting to see how they do that given that they ended with people in different places let's say without spoiling anything given where they ended it with people I do wonder whether you're going to be following just Ahsoka or whether you're going to be following Ahsoka and Thrawn and that side of things I don't know I did wonder whether they wouldn't do a second season of Ahsoka and they'd do a Thrawn series or an Ezra series or you know something like that so yes but apparently there is another series of of that coming which is no great shock particularly given that it's Dave Filoni's baby or babies essentially those Mm, characters and Dave Filoni is now chief creative officer of Star Wars so (laughs) 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's no great surprise that they're making more of that, I don't think. In terms of pickups and other news, we have got a few air dates from some interesting things. Uh, Star Wars, as just mentioned, the final season of The Bad Batch, that's coming on the 21st of February. So that will be on Disney+. Plus. Sticking with Space Stuff, Halo Season 2, uh, first two episodes of that are going to be airing on Thursday, the 8th of February on Paramount+. Plus. I rather enjoyed the first season of that. I know a lot of people didn't. <laughs> um, it got very mixed reviews. I had fun with it, but then I'm not the biggest Halo player. And I imagine if you like the Halo universe as it is, you're going to be very upset by it. I entirely understand why. But See, I was never bothered by the... Because like, I've played the games and they're good, apart from the fifth one and Infinite. I was never bothered by like, oh, they're not doing the lore properly and stuff, because I don't really know much about that. It was more that you've got such brilliant action, which really depicts that really, really great but it just kept taking the helmet off and it was so annoying and I get it you, you've got this actor you want to show his face I mean on the Mandalorian like you've got Pedro yeah. Pascal and they keep his helmet on all the time mm-hmm. I just want that same kind of like when you're looking at Mandalorian and like Grogu's there or something and they're, they're giving each other these looks and okay you can get more facial expression off of Grogu because you can see his face but like with Mandalorian you just get these sort of side looks and you're trying to like read this mysterious character's kind of read what's kind of going on there I just wanted the same thing for Master Chief but he just even when yeah. he was in combat sometimes he kept taking his helmet off and I did see I can't quote him exactly because it was probably misquoted or taken out of context or something there was something going around that said like oh if you don't like that we take the helmet off the show might not be for you or something and it's like that's that's just like I don't know if that's exactly what he said or, or whatever yeah. but like that's all I really kind of wanted to, to make it better and maybe some better writing and spots yeah. but the, the action was really really good I remember when they did of course they had the pilot episode a really big action set piece and I thought oh this is going to be really great and then it just had this other stuff in it it's got the potential to be something really really amazing but I just have to correct a couple of things but yeah I don't know if there's the mentality there to sort of oh we should change it or this is just the way the show is kind of thing so. I, I mean I think at this point you've kind of done the damage so you may as well stick yeah. with him taking the helmet off I, I do agree with you I, I can excuse taking the helmet off when he's not in combat taking the helmet off when he's in combat that's just dumb so, <laughs> so yeah. yeah no I'm with you on that certainly I can excuse them taking the helmet off outside of that I, I mean I and I get why it upsets fans because he's not supposed to do that and all that sort of stuff but i can get it i mean i know the sylvester stallone judge dread movie when they had him take his helmet off was really annoyed me but as i say i'm not the biggest halo fan so i mean i've you know i've played some of the games and i enjoyed them but it's not sort of a universe that i've spent all that much time in but as a series as a sci-fi series i thought it was it was good and it was fun but uh thursday the 8th of february on paramount plus if you want to check out season two of that the completely made up adventure of Dick Turpin has got a premiere date that's 1st of March on Apple TV Uh, I'm quite looking forward to this it is Noel Fielding as Dick Turpin in the lead role it looks it's got a whole array of like British comedy people including Greg Davies at one point pops up in this but there's a whole array of British comedy people that are supporting him across this and even in guest spots and in other roles 1st of March for it it's an Apple series it looks very very silly and I quite looking forward to that. So, uh, yeah, for the people of my age, you remember there was a Dick Turpin series on TV when we were quite little. It was sort of the, I don't know, Sunday evening sort of Doctor Who slots type 
thing that they used to run when they and um uh, i really loved the old series this is going to be far sillier than that i'm fairly sure but i quite like the look of this uh dick turpin of course is a highwayman that's basically the premise for it is he ends up running this crew of highwaymen Second half of Invincible Season 2 has got a premiere date as well, 14th of March for that, so that will be back. Uh, I I mean, I enjoyed the first four episodes, but now we're getting four more. Uh, I kind of wish they hadn't split them into two. I don't know whether that's because they were still finishing them or or what. I'd rather they drop that all at once or release them weekly, you know, in one go, because... It was like four episodes, and you're like, oh, there isn't more now. It was slightly too short a run, I think, that. But the second four are dropping on the 14th of March, so you'll be able to catch that on Prime Video. Twisted Metal, the Anthony Mackie series based on the video game, that has been picked up by Paramount UK. They have confirmed. We haven't got an exact date for it, but the current ads they're running suggest it will run before the end of April. So don't know exactly when yet. I mean, it's it's a Peacock series in the US. It's been picked up by Paramount Plus over here. And I mean, it ran June or something last year over there. Mm. So it's been a long time coming, but at least it's got it's going to be airing somewhere over here so has been picked up and for ncis fans there is another ncis series in the works although this one is slightly different to the others because rather than it being ncis new orleans or los angeles or whatever this is called ncis origins and it follows the early career of gibbs who of course in the main show is played by mark Harmon. he's going to be the narrator for it but it's going to be a different actor that they cast obviously in the lead role because it's a much younger character so it's as he starts his career which uh i think is an interesting different take for the ncis fan it's a bluff character so why not sure do that Mm -hmm. there were a bunch of other news stories of course which came while we were off air as well few things just in case you missed any of these Mandalorian and Grogu are heading to the movies. The next outing is going to be on the big screen, apparently. Uh, no details of the plot of the film, but it will be uh, Pedro Pascal back as uh, Din and uh, Grogu. It's Grogu, <laughs> I guess. Uh, so, uh, I mean, when we left, left them, of course, they'd they'd moved to the outskirts of Navarro's capital and were, were sort of kicking back after a long-deserved break. And, I mean, it did feel like they could sort of end it there, but obviously we knew they were going to pick it back up again i think a movie with those two makes perfect sense as a next step for them i mean they're good dynamic characters it's enjoyable it'll be fun why not these are really really beloved characters so i'm very very certain that this will be a success uh given that the three seasons we already have were uh, people love pedro pascal for different reasons but we'll love him for certain reasons <laughs> uh grogu's always interesting and cute and whatnot and obviously they make a very good pair so yeah mandalorian on the big screen um i was gonna say i'm surprised this hasn't happened sooner but we have only had three seasons but that's that's quite exciting to sort of um hear about i, I did hear some stuff about like oh this could be like the final beer or there might not be a four I, I think if you're disney and you're smart um you you keep these two characters around and you keep putting them in things because people absolutely love them mm-hmm. and in terms of in terms of the actual like active star wars stuff i mean i know there's like the ray films coming out and whatever's going on with all that film stuff and there's obviously you know, some of the series and things it's kind of the thing that's really holding star wars up at the moment I I would say is these two because people yeah. really do love them but 
even outside of the Mandalorian, there's not a lot of sort of active Star Wars stuff. Like there's not an ongoing trilogy or anything at the moment. People are waiting to come back. Like we finished with all that. And there's, I know there's yeah. some films and some, some other shows, but these are really kind of the main two at the moment. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Completely. I mean, they, they keep on announcing movies and then canceling them as well, which is <laughs> the frustrating yeah. thing. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think part of the reason that they gave Dave Filoni the position that they gave him was they needed somebody that was a sort of Kevin Feige figure to actually try and get a handle on what they were doing with all the Star Wars projects and actually point it in the direction. So uh, mm. I, I think... Steer, steer the ship in, yeah, in the steer right direction. steer the ship a, a bit. So uh, I, I think that's what they're doing and that's good. And the, the reaction to the movie being announced was very positive, I think. So uh, that's, that's awesome. Uh, moving from Star Wars to Star Trek, there is another prequel film in development at Paramount. Uh, apparently Andor's Tony Hayes is the person that's attached to it. But it's from Bad Robot, which is J.J. Abrams' company. It's said to be an origin story set decades before the 2009 Star Trek film. So it's not connected to the TV stuff. It's connected to the movie stuff. However, if it's a prequel to the 2009 film, the 2009 film was the thing that split the timeline from the original universe and the new Kelvin timeline universe. So if it's a prequel thing, is it in the original universe? Is it in the Kelvin timeline? What is it? I don't... Hmm. Yeah. So there is apparently an argument that when the timeline got broken during the events of the 2009 Star Trek film, that reverberates both ways down the timeline, which is the sort of, if you've seen the Flash movie, it's what Michael Keaton's Batman sort of tries to explain with the spaghetti in that is that once you start messing with time, it screws it in all directions. Um, Yeah, Barry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Barry. Uh, so that is possibly an argument for this, in which case it wouldn't necessarily need to dovetail into anything that we've already seen with the, you know, the TV cast. It's a little eye raising that that's where they're going with this but apparently it is in development of course i mean again we don't know whether this will actually land or not because just like star wars star trek has had a million failed attempts to make movies you know when when was the last film star trek beyond which was in 2016 okay it's not as long ago as i as i thought but still so i mean but it has been a while i mean 2016 is is going back a bit by the time this is all sort of together and you're almost 10 years probably by the time this has any chance of getting off the ground so yeah i don't know we'll see it very much depends on what they do in terms of i mean because it would have to be a new cast as well because you can't bring back the cast from the other star trek films apparently star trek 4 in terms of the film universe with the chris pine cast is still in development as well but that's been in development health years so whether that actually happens god only knows but this is in addition to that will be a completely new cast apart from you could possibly bring zachary quinto back as spock because depending how far back you go he may be capable of playing that character because vulcans age differently but other than that it would have to be a completely different cast Hmm. so we'll see but it is out there 
There was some casting for The Last of Us, which uh, I put in because I knew you were going to be on. So, uh, <laughs> uh, Caitlin Dever as Abby and Yum Mazzino as Jesse. Dever is best known for her roles in shows such as Justified, Last Man Standing, Unbelievable, and most recently the miniseries Dope Sick. Mazzino is coming off the back of his role in Netflix's Beef, where he played the younger brother to Danny, who was the lead played by Stephen Young from Walking Dead. Those are the two roles that have been cast i've purposely not put anything else in about who these characters are and how they interact with people i mean other than we obviously know they interact with ellie but that's about it yeah uh so i did one of my things for when uh caitlin dever was given the role just because abby is a very particular addition and character to the show um so that'll be very very interesting interesting to see how that goes down there was rumors for a long long time it was going to be shan and barry but uh, obviously caitlin got given the role I, d- I did see an interview afterwards with caitlin which was from before she got cast and she and uh this person called perry was saying like hey i hear you're a big fan of like naughty dog and last of us and she was like uh, really excited for some of that <laughs> stuff um, I, yeah. I think that was when this. I think that was when the first season was in development, or, or something. Right. And she said, "Oh yeah, it'd be great to be involved and stuff." Well, now we have that. Good. Um, so she's going to be probably very, very good in that role. It's it's going to be very, very interesting to see Abby on the show, just given like just that character's entire journey and all of the many, 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 many different opinions I've heard over four <laughs> years. So she's going to be a massive, massive part of that, but I'm sure she's going to crush that role. Yeah. And again, I get this whole thing of like, oh, you know, d- does she look like her and that kind of stuff. But by the time we get through hair and makeup and wardrobe and then we yeah. see the first actual picture of her as Abby, we'll probably go, oh, okay, that's, you know, looks cool and that, and that kind of stuff the other guy i'm not like familiar with him or, or whatever um who's, who's playing uh, jesse here obviously i'm familiar with the with the character um jesse's still got a very big part in in the games he's just not got abby's part because abby's part is absolutely massive yeah in the second game they did they did also cast dina which is really really good they've still probably got i mean i'm not going to sit here and count right now probably still about six seven eight characters to to cast for this second season if not more than that because there's a lot of new people which will be interesting to see but as always i trust everybody involved and i did see this uh i think it was good because they're going to start shooting really really soon i saw this first photo of guys playing jesse guy the woman that's playing dina and there was ellie there and there was a few of the other people and they're kind of in this group photo and you can start to see like them as those characters t- together kind of yeah. thing so just go away for it to start filming take all the time you need i'm sure it's going to be absolutely brilliant then get a trailer get everybody very excited yeah and then have the show come back next year isabella Seed is the girl that they cast as a woman that they cast as as Dina. She was the live action Dora the Explorer, but <laughs> um, but, oh. but uh, uh, she's actually twenty two. So uh, yeah, she she is older than maybe she seemed in that film. But uh, she's uh, in a Netflix film called Sweet Girl as well, and been in a number of different things. So yeah, that, that, I, I for some reason keep seeing like, oh, are they going to recast Ellie? And it's like, no, they're not recasting no, Ellie. Not. And it's like. Why, why and, and I saw some things of like, oh, she does. She she's not old enough for that. She's the same age as Ellie is in the second game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, no, totally. So, she is. And, and I saw the younger. I saw these videos of like Bella um doing some some boxing and yeah, you know, so getting, getting trained up and stuff. So that's that's really really cool. But yeah. there's not going to be an issue with Bella play. I, I get it because Ellie's more like older and she's a bit a little bit different and more grown up and more mature and stuff. But I'm very very sure that Bella Ramsey can handle that. So yeah. yeah. Uh, 
Um, yeah, you only need to go and watch her in the uh, what was the prison drama that she did right. with Jodie Whittaker on the BBC. I mean, if you go and check that out, you can see she can handle adult roles perfectly well. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. so yeah, she's perfectly capable of doing this. That's all the news we've got for this week. Just some highlights for next week on TV. So highlights for next week on TV. We have Domino Day, which is a new supernatural series which follows a young woman on all the dating apps, but Domino isn't swiping to find her soulmate. She's swiping to hunt. It's a sort of witch sort of drama. Uh, It's a young adult (laughs) series. It's for BBC Three. 31st of January, that lands on BBC Three. So I suspect it'll all be up on iPlayer at the same time as well. 9pm, 31st of January, that lands on BBC Three. It's called Domino Day. So could be an interesting one to check out if you like sort of supernatural teen dramas sort of the third and final season of that show lands on the 1st of february on sky comedy at 9 p.m so you can check that out fantasy football league is back for its second season that's on sky max on the 2nd of february 10 p.m uh, mr and mrs smith which is the donald glover and maya erskine adaptation of the movie that had brad pitt and uh, angelina jolie in it they've got a slightly different version of it for the tv show but uh Mr. and Mrs. Smith Prime Video, that's on the 2nd of February. Well, it's got Donald Glover in it, so it's impossible for it to be bad. So, <laughs> yes, yes. That's just, and he wrote it, it as well, you know. So, well, uh, then it's even more impossible for it to be bad. So. Yeah, so I have reasonably high hopes that that's going to be good. Uh, I, if Phoebe Waller-Bridge was involved initially, and it was going to be the power of them, and they, I think they disagreed on the direction it should go, and they, they had a, a very amicable parting, and Donald went off on his own and, and wrote the rest of it, so... Uh, we'll see Mr. and Mrs. Smith 2nd of February on Prime Video Genius MLK X which uh, as you guess from the title follows Martin Luther King and Malcolm X National Geographic that lands on that is the 3rd of February 8pm uh, I don't know whether that's going on to Disney Plus at the same time as well but it's going out on the National Geographic channel by the sounds of it that's certainly where it's popped up technically that's season 4 but obviously they're completely self-contained anthologies so that will be there Death in Paradise returns for its 13 season and 100th episode as well that will be uh, BBC One on the 4th of February at 9pm that lands to a more light-hearted murder in the Caribbean I mean 100 episodes is pretty impressive for a UK show you know mm, that's, yeah. that's good going Our Flag Means Death as I mentioned earlier comes back for its second and final season that's on the 8th of February at 10pm I mean not final season if a lot of people on the internet get their way because there are petitions all over the place to try and save that show but uh, Our Flag Means Death BBC iPlayer before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, people have know. saved shows before. I mean, it, it feels like it's one that we'll Netflix... got a cut of a film created. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It feels like one that Netflix could step in on, on, on that. I mean, you know, it's it's got a beloved fan base and mm. it's a very beloved show. But uh, Our Flag Means Death Season 2. <laughs> they pick of... it up for one season and get rid of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, exactly. That's the only problem. 5th of February at 10pm on BBC iPlayer for that. Kirby Enthusiasm is back for its 12th and definitely final this time season because uh, he had a final season before and then came back again but he, I think this is definitely final uh, Sky Comedy 5th of February at 9pm for Larry David's groundbreaking comedy series Kirby Enthusiasm final season and uh, there's a little show coming to ITVX called Gwed that's G apostrophe W-E-D it's a comedy about teen life in Liverpool it looks very intriguing and slightly weird and off the wall 5th of February for Gwed. It's on ITVX. I have no idea whether it'll be 
Eddie Godonotti. It's a mostly unknown cast with a, a relatively new writer. So, mm. but I've seen trailers and bits and pieces for it and it does look kind of interesting. Potentially quite a tough sell, but I have a huge affection for Liverpool and that humour. I'm interested to check that out and see what it's like. So that's Gawed, 5th of February on ITVX for that. That's all the shows coming next week on TV. If people want to find more of you, where can they find you? You can head over to entertainmenttalk.org or the same name on your podcast platforms for TV, games, films, May Night podcast. Uh, There's not been a lot of May Night stuff lately because we only played two games this month, but we took a trip to Newport County and we almost mucked it up, but thankfully we didn't. So that is in the FA Cup, so that was good. I did a big DCEU wrap-up podcast because, of course, we've got no more content from that because we've got the DCU coming up. So talked about, well, I'll say my final thoughts. I'm sure we'll bring up the DCEU again at some point. (laughs) I did my final rankings and then I thought back to those final rankings and then looked at my list. Apparently, I didn't put Aquaman on there. But uh, anyway, that that was there was so there's 16 DCEU films, but uh, that was an interesting one to kind of do. Uh, we brought gaming talk back recently, and that's been quite good. So yeah, got some some stuff going on over there as well. I'm not really streaming on Twitch at the moment. I'm doing mainly streaming on YouTube. I've done three parts of the Last of Us Part Two's No Return mode, uh, so that was streamed on YouTube. They're all videos over there, and there's also the game clips and stuff that Entertainment Talk plays over on YouTube, and that's me at the moment. Cool. So go and check out Matt over on entertainment talk for lots more podcasts it's at this point i would usually say go and check out bex on twitch however she's on hiatus at the moment so uh, don't worry if you've not seen her posting on social media or around she has basically decided that she is going to take a break from all the social medias she's doing some other stuff everything's perfectly fine she's just she's on a break basically she's on hiatus hopefully she will come back at some point but she's decided to take a break from streaming and recharge a bit and all that good stuff which i think sometimes you need so uh well, yeah. she's, she is an incredibly hard-working person she and is. now again you just you do just need a break so yeah. that's understandable so, so she uh she's on hiatus right now she will be back i'm sure at some point but uh doing other things right now so if you're wondering where bex was that's all it is there's nothing else going on that's all it is Daryl, of course, you can go and check out on HollywoodNorthNews.net for all those TV series which you love, which are shot in Canada as well. So for us, you can go to the website at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information. When you get in touch with your questions or comments, email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk. Leave a message on the website post. Find us at Geektown on Twitter, on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Geektown, YouTube at YouTube.com forward slash Geektown, Blue Sky at Geektown, Instagram at Geektown UK, TikTok at Geektown UK, and threads at Geektown UK. That is everything. We will be back next week. See you then. Bye-bye. Goodbye.